Welcome to the inaugural episode of Health Policy Essentials, the podcast that explores hot topics for hospitals and healthcare policy with a focus on safety net care. I'm your host, Jason Prey, Vice President of Legislative Affairs at America's Essential Hospitals. Today, we're going to explore the world of disproportionate share hospital payments, also known as DISH. Joining us today for the discussion are Barbara Iman, a nationally known expert on DISH and principal of Iman Associates, Beth Feldpush, Senior Vice President of Policy and Advocacy for America's Essential Hospitals, and Bruce Siegel, President and CEO of America's Essential Hospitals. I'm going to rely on these three experts to better explain the history of and ongoing need for DISH funding. We'll also talk about devastating cuts to Medicaid DISH that will occur October 1st, unless Congress acts. But first, a bit of background on essential hospitals. These hospitals are dedicated to equitable, high-quality care for all. They serve low-income patients and others who face social and financial barriers to care. Even though essential hospitals typically operate with little or no margin, they punch above their weight to deliver highly complex and specialized care, such as level one trauma and neonatal intensive care. Essential hospitals also reach outside their walls to address health threats in the community, such as food insecurity, homelessness, and many others. We'll get to some tangible examples of these characteristics in a bit. But the next thing we need to explain is what are disproportionate share hospitals and why are there federal payments to these entities? For that, I'm going to turn to Barbara Iman, who has more knowledge of this program and her pinky toe than any other person in their entirety. <laughs> uh, thanks, Jay, and thanks for uh, having me on the podcast. So the term disproportionate share hospitals or DISH hospitals uh, was coined in 1981 when Congress first recognized that certain hospitals shoulder a disproportionate share of care provided to vulnerable patients with low incomes, including Medicaid, uh, and uninsured patients. So at that time, Congress was in the process of giving states flexibility to set hospital payment rates that were not tied to the cost of care. But in doing so, they recognized that some hospitals incur higher than average costs because of their social missions. So they required states, if you're not gonna pay based on costs, you still need to provide some extra support to these critical hospitals because they recognize the important roles that these hospitals serve, not only in providing healthcare, uh, but in meeting broader public health and social needs of their communities as well. And Congress was right. DISH payments have become a critical source of support for essential hospitals. So, you know, Barbara, given that, that Congress has done the right thing and that the dish payments are a very critical source of support to these essential hospitals. Why is the program still set to be cut? Yeah, good question. Um, and for that, we have to go back to 2010 and the Affordable Care Act. So at that point, Congress made a big leap of faith assumption that dish payments could be scaled way back if coverage was expanded. But that proved not at all to be true, and certainly not cuts of the really significant size that were, are scheduled to take effect now, uh, just October 1st. So thank you for that. But let's get to the kind of what's now. Uh, and these cuts have been successfully staved off before by congressional action. Uh, but unless Congress eliminates the cuts yet again, hospitals that provide safety net care will lose $32 billion. 
Beth, you've been with America's Essential Hospitals through a lot of our advocacy efforts in this space. Uh, What do you think about the quote-unquote what now? So, Jay, Congress has acted many times before on this issue, and it's been a bipartisan effort every time. And I think that's because when you look at any congressional district, and, you know, they're going to be geographically diverse, whether it's a district located in the urban core or a rural area, But anywhere you look, you will find communities that are struggling with economic disadvantages or few access points of care. And I think that's why we've always seen bipartisan support for delaying or eliminating the dish cuts. Fortunately, in this Congress, we've seen some interest as well to continue to delay and eliminate the cuts. So far, we've had dear colleague letters in support of this notion circulated in the House and the Senate, and they've been signed by over half of the lawmakers in each chamber. We also have legislation in the House to eliminate two years of the cuts, and that legislation has recently moved to the House floor for a vote. So we really appreciate this congressional support, and we're hopeful that we can move this across the finish line soon. Can you elaborate on how DISH is a lifeline for not just the essential hospitals, but for their patients as well? So DISH funding really enables essential hospitals to meet their full mission and care for their communities. We know that essential hospitals tend to have slimmer financial margins than other hospitals. At our most recent data, our members had about a 3.2% average margin compared to a 7.7% average margin across all U.S. hospitals. If you were to take away DISH funding, our members would have negative margins. So clearly that financial benefit of those DISH payments is critical to allow them to serve their patients. I think another thing that's really important to note is that the DISH funding covers not only the costs of serving the uninsured, but it also helps bridge the gap from low Medicaid payment shortfalls. So it really helps our members meet their missions. You know, I think a good example that I heard recently is from a system who is helping to support rural care among their patients and and in their geographic service area. And they've been able to push back into the community new services for behavioral health care, cancer infusions, and also starting to do births. They've hired OBGYNs in a small rural hospital so that patients can travel to their local community, stay in their local community for these services, and they don't have to travel far. So DISH really helps our hospitals help their communities and ensures that they can continue to be there to serve their people. So it's clear that DISH payments help sustain hospitals that operate with the thinnest of margins. Bruce, you communicate with the CEOs of our member hospitals, and you served as a CEO of two of those hospitals. Yeah, Jay, um, you know, let me tell you a little bit about that. So I worked in New York at H&H, the public hospital system. And I would say then that DISH was absolutely critical to our ability to provide services to children across the city. About eight out of 10 children under the age of five used our clinics. We often had complex social risk factors, behavioral health needs. Many were uninsured or on Medicaid, which didn't pay very well, frankly. DISH money really allowed us to provide the clinical and the wraparound services that they needed. It had a huge impact on the city. In Florida, it was different. At Tampa General, we had only level one trauma center, and that's still true today, serving 5 million people. And that trauma center saw lots of people without coverage, lots of people who were um, victims of violence. 
maintain 24-7 standby coverage for everyone in that community. Without Medicaid dish funding, there was really no way that that organization could maintain that level of service, which millions of people depended upon. So, you know, given what you each have shared, what do either of you, any of you uh, make of Congress's recent momentum to eliminate the next two years of the cuts? Well, I'm happy to jump in there, Jay. You know, I mentioned that we are very fortunate to have some momentum, um, but of course that October 1 deadline is, is coming quickly. In both the House and Senate, the Dear Colleague letters have generated over a majority of each chamber to sign on. So we have 231 signers for the House letter and 51 in the Senate. And I think that sends a a strong signal to congressional leadership that this is an issue folks care about. Also, for the first time ever, we have a House bill that calls for the elimination of the next two years of the cuts. That bill is H.R. 2655, the Supporting Safety Net Hospitals Act, and it currently has 115 co-sponsors. It's moved out of the Energy and Commerce Committee now, and it is awaiting a floor vote. On that point, Beth, we also recently learned that House Republican leaders met to map out the path forward on various health proposals awaiting floor action. And, you know, the good news is that the elimination of the dish cuts was identified as one of the top two matters on their list, and the other being funding for community health centers. That is great news, Jay. I think it's also important to mention that the Medicaid Improvement Fund was some dedicated Medicaid funding that was passed into law and set aside last year. You know, having a pay for is always helpful in getting these advocacy goals across the finish line. You know, one thing, Jay, I want to remind our listeners of before we go, Medicaid DISH is a part of Medicaid. It, It is, you know, a federal state partnership. Uh, the states have to finance a part of the funds to come up with the match. It is something which the states have used dis- discretion in. Uh, and it's actually a program which you know helps to some degree make up for the you know the low Medicaid payment rates that we see you know really across the country, sometimes shockingly low. So if someone says, hey, you know I'm okay with dish being cut, Let's be clear, they're saying they're okay with Medicaid being cut. Medicaid DISH, it's an important program for the care of everybody in this country, and we need to stand up for it. Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, I think we've heard how important both Medicaid and the DISH program are. So I just want to say thank you to Bruce, Beth, and Barbara for sharing your expertise and shedding light on the importance of DISH payments for the hospitals and the communities they serve. We're hopeful of uh, what's going to happen in Congress in the next few weeks here, but encourage folks listening to check out two websites that we have for updates on the status of this vital safety net support. The first is essentialhospitals.org. The second one is protectmedicaid.org. There's only a few weeks remaining to determine if Congress will act before October 1st to eliminate the damaging dish cuts for the fiscal years 2024 and 2025. So we are going to continue our advocacy and push forward on this. Thank you, everybody. And that's it for today. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in to Health Policy Essentials. Visit essentialhospitals.org to read more about the late-breaking issues pertinent to safety net hospitals. 